The natives are getting restless. Let's have a party. You just remain seated, and we'll be right with you. With a voice from every country, a face from every land, we'll celebrate the future hand in hand. We're going to have to cross the blood-brain barrier. Can you get us inside? It's going to take all the power we have left. Welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I'm your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 154 for the week of January 17th, 2010. Last weekend, more than 55,000 people visited Walt Disney World for what has become one of the most popular events of the year, the half and full marathons. Since 1994, This has grown from a series of endurance events to a weekend to be experienced and enjoyed by athletes, spectators, and even entire families, and one in which lifelong memories and often friendships are created. So this week, I'm joined on a roundtable discussion as we recap the recent events and hopefully inspire you to visit in the future, because the Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend, it's not just for runners anymore. I'll reveal the answers and winner of last week's trivia contest before playing more of your voicemails at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. You know, any wish is possible. All it takes is a little courage to set it free. Last weekend, more than 55,000 people descended on Walt Disney World, as many do year after year, Not specifically for the holiday decorations or great deals on room rates or even the food, but instead to not even take in an attraction, but to run and run a lot because the Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend encompasses a series of endurance events, including the Disney Half and Full Marathons, the Disney Pixar Up and Away Family Fun Run 5K, Kids Races, the Health and Fitness Expo, and so, so much more. And in a weekend that marked the largest since the event debuted back in 2004, both runners and spectators, myself included, braved the elements to create lasting memories, fulfill personal goals, and experience Walt Disney World like never before. And over the years, I've noticed a subtle yet important shift in the weekend. And that's why I'm calling this segment the Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend 
it's not just for runners anymore. So this week, we want to look back at the event and really the weekend as a whole, as it is so much more than about running a race, and maybe even introduce you, the listener, to the idea that, yeah, it's not just for athletes, but for everybody and for friends and entire families as well. And of course, that means I can't and I should not do this alone. So I've brought in not just participants in the half, the full and the goofy events, but those who enjoyed the weekend as spectators as well. And again, no particular order than ladies and alphabetical first. Uh, You know her as co-host of the decade at this point. Laura, you definitely got your money's worth. And one of the most dedicated and or insane runners on the course, the lovely Miss Lori Burke. Thanks, Lou. (laughs) I work on these intros for like weeks, just so you know. Oh, that's good. So let's see, B, then C. Mary Jo Collins. You know her from D23 and Storytime with Mojo. A runner, a goofy runner, as I might add. Mary Jo, welcome back. Thank you, Lou. I'm so excited to be here to talk about my favorite Disney activity, Disney running. Is that really your favorite Disney activity? It, definitely. I mean, that's how I get down there. It's my excuse. <laughs> Girl, you need to like part of the runs then. down there. How, how long? How's it take? I to need to talk <laughs> to you about the joys of Disney cuisine. So that's. Yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> I need to talk to him about the joys of airfare. <laughs> that's how I get down there. She runs down there. Wow, that's impressive. So B, C, D, Valerie Drew is a good friend and cheerleader for the WDW Radio Marathon team and oh-so-supportive wife to the guest that's to follow. But first, Valerie, welcome back. Thank you. It's been, it's now, the last time you were here, Valerie, was food and wine, right? Yeah. See, so you understand. You've got the real reasons to come down. Speaking I have of, many reasons. <laughs> well, one of which is to follow your husband from food and wine, my dining buddy, and really one of the goofiest of runners, the other half of the Drew family, Steve Drew. My friend, welcome back again. Thanks, and hi, everybody. Hello. And I'm sure you all know and have just heard from frequent guest uh, and friend of the show, the Disney daddy, Chuck Lionberger. He's a runner and a father to budding young participants as well. Yes, I have... Uh, three kids uh, who have which now after this weekend have said, we're going to run in the half with you. Uh, my middle child is dying to run in the half marathon now. Wow. Yeah, we're going to we're going to talk all about <laughs> this whole thing. And I and really I've talked on the sh- I've talked about on the show um, on a number of occasion past experiences when we were training, uh, when I was going to first run the half marathon with my wife back in 2007 to the experiences afterwards, and even the strategy as a spectator. I covered that back on show 99 last December. And this week, what I wanted to do is obviously talk about what is an amazing experience that I think we're all going to attest to. But I want to not just recap the events for us personally, but I want to help people understand that this weekend really is not just for athletes and runners. It really is a total family experience, whether you're coming on to cheer on friends or family members or even complete strangers. And Chuck, I thought maybe we would start off with you, because I think when we talked about the marathon in the past, we didn't talk about that sort of whole familial experience, not just having 
Chuck's poor wife and kids stand out in the freezing cold, which we'll get to. But yeah. your kids can run as well because there's a, a Mickey Marathon Kids Fest and a family fun run. Chuck, tell us about how old your kids are and what you guys did on the days before the half and the full marathon. Sure. I have uh, three kids, two boys and a girl. Uh, girl is now eight, actually celebrated her eighth birthday, uh, the uh, day of the half marathon. Uh, also a na- nine-year-old and uh, now a 12-year-old. So, uh, correction, 10-year-old and 12-year-old. Um, we won't tell them that you forgot their ages, but move on. <laughs> the ages are changing. Depending on when you listen to this conversation, the ages are changing that rapidly. <clears throat> uh, there is, over the weekend, it's, it's called the, the Marathon Kids Fest, and there's a number of different races that take place on Friday and, again, uh, some on Saturday uh, from some different distance races like 200 meters, 400 meters, things like that. They even have one called a, a diaper dash, which is for uh, – really small little little kids and then there's the mickey mile which as it as it's named is a one mile race uh that runs through the now espn wild world of sports center uh and is a really cool race there were a lot of kids signed up um for this mickey mile uh and you you run through some of the ball fields and then down on the lower half of the by the lower half of the milk house hang another uh, uh, right and come back around and you finish right in the, the track stadium uh, there behind the milk house and you know it's a big event and there are a lot of people that sign up and I'll tell you what if you want to see some budding runners in you know the world of running you might see them at this particular event the one uh, kid who you know came in quote unquote first there are no winners uh, in the Mickey Mile everybody is a winner but the person who first crossed the finish line did it in under six minutes, something like 540, 530, maybe somewhere in there. That's like that's Steve Drew time. That, that's that's fast. fast. <laughs> I, I saw that and I was floored. I was absolutely floored to see a kid, and it was a teenager, um, running and had beaten the six-minute mile. Moms and dads, by the way, can run in this event too, uh, although moms and dads don't get medals. Uh, the kids do get uh, a medal per se. It's not a, not a, a metal like the the marathon or half marathon medals, it's a sort of a, a hard rubber uh, style medal. But everybody does get a medal and a finish and, and a certificate uh, announcing their finish and everything like that. So it's it's a great event. It's a lot of fun. It's a great excuse, a great reason to get down to Wild World of Sports and see that facility more than just if you're doing the the marathon weekend to go in and you know grab your race packet and head back out to the next park because the the ESPN Wild World Sports Center itself is. Really, a beautiful facility, and the expo that is put on there has a number of of great vendors uh, with a number of different uh, things to to sell, to buy, uh, just things to learn about. Uh, again, you know, Sharpie, who was one of the big sponsors, had a whole had a whole area where they were had these uh, large <clears throat> signs that that were just blank and give you sharpies, and you can draw and create signs to cheer on your favorite runners and you know they just did that free i mean there wasn't a cost to do that you could just show up sit down and make out as many as i wanted and this is what i really like about this is that for all the kids that can't run in the half marathons remember this is for for kids who are 13 and under i believe you have to be 14 to run in the half and the full marathon I mean, it literally goes back. There, there are dashes for the seven and eight year olds and four and six, but it does go back to the infants who are twelve months and under who have the diaper dash crawl, which I think is just very cool. And it gives 
the rest of your family, if they're not going to run in the race or they can't run in the half or full and you are, a chance to be involved, a chance to participate, a chance for you, dad, to come and cheer them on as opposed to the tables being turned, them standing out in the freezing cold Saturday morning. Again, I'll get to that <laughs> to cheer yeah. you on. And, and, I, and that's why I wanted to kind of stress a little bit right from the get go that this is one of those weekends that the whole family can and should come down because it's not just mamas to you know wheel the kids out in a stroller and bring them out to cheer on dad. There's stuff to do on that Friday and really can make a good, you know, when you're going to pick up your race packet, you can make a full afternoon out of it. Yeah, hey, it, Chuck, however, I had a question for Chuck. Um, yeah. I noticed online that um, the Mickey Mile was timed. Did they actually yes, give they have the tags the same? They have the D tags just they like they have the D tags just like yeah. So you will get a time. Uh, and in fact, you know, I give great credit to my daughter who had a time of eight eight forty two. Yeah, I, there you go. she look looks it up. It up. <laughs> she looks it up. Eight forty-two, where my boys, who you know, I give great credit to my middle son, the one who wants to run the half marathon. My oldest is not the the fastest runner in the world, so he hung back and helped his brother get through the mile. So you know, good character credit for for my uh, for my younger son there. And so they finished in about thirteen and a half minutes, um, which still you know for a one mile, that's a pretty decent pace. Uh, I would have loved to have been able to keep up a 13-minute mile during the half marathon, but that, again, is another story. Hey, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> hey, we had a few characters that we'll get into. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get to the... We got, uh, we got plausible excuses, Lori. Come on, don't blow it. <laughs> Just remember, and I I, let, let me... call Lori a character. Yeah, let yeah. me preface this, and, <laughs> and, I, and I was screaming this in my mind anyway, to all the people who are running in the half and the full marathon, especially the full... Because uh, Bastos, the, the guy who came, listen, this, he's just won like his seventh one in a row. Everybody who comes in second to 18,000th, you all get the same medal. So slow down. Doesn't yeah. matter what your time is. The medal looks exactly the same. Well, and I heard a, a well-experienced runner that I was talking with uh, on the monorail. Uh, I think this was coming back after the half. He said, look, you know, the Disney marathons, the Disney races are not the races really to come and try and make your personal best because there's a lot of things to enjoy along the race course that will just eat up your time you know which we'll get into in a little bit but you know specifically things like the character greets and and all that kind of stuff i mean you stand in line for a few minutes that's going to eat up your pace but you know that's the point of this particular half and full is that you can have some fun while you're running, this is not necessarily the best race to go and try and beat your personal best. Yeah, this this well, is about the experience. It's not about the world record, except maybe for Mary Jo, who was trying to. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, let me say here, there. you do bring up a good point because there are runners of all different levels that do these races. There are very elite runners that run in the half and the full. And if you are familiar with names and running, you'll see the top five in both the half and the full names that you recognize. And there's not a prize purse. I mean, it's just more for fun, but they do come out and, you know, make some good times. The Disney full marathon is one of the top qualifiers for Boston Marathon. So, you know, there are a lot of people like you and me that go out there and have a great time, but there are also a lot of people that actually use this as a Boston qualifier because it is so flat. So something to keep in mind. I mean, if we have, you know, there's some listeners out there that are great runners. I mean, it is a good, a good course to qualify for Boston. 
And, and you know, you talking about it like that, um, I, I think you illustrate a great point. And I think we have a, a sort of somewhat representative demographic here is that these races are for everybody, whether you are the athlete and the runner, and this is just one of your 20 marathons, <clears throat> Steve, a year, or the everyman, or the Disney fan, or the people like when I did it, you know, we wanted to do it, didn't really train as much as we want to. So, like Lori, Mary Jo, obviously you're talking about things like Boston qualifiers and some of the names for running. So, running for you is something that you didn't just do for the race. Chuck and Lori, this is something that you you guys, I assume, weren't runners beforehand. You start off with things like the Disney World, Lori, the Disneyland the half marathon that was sort of the motivating factor obviously was that it was in walt disney world oh yeah this this was my very first distance run of any sort i'd never run a 5k i'd never run a 10k a half marathon as i said i used to take practically take the car to go to the end of the driveway to get the (laughs) mail um so this was you know obviously i did did training and had run some some longer runs but when it came to competitive running this was by far and away the first time I'd ever done an endurance race. I'd done you know sports and things like that, playing you know soccer and other things like that, where it's uh, much more you know run stop, run stop, run stop kind of thing like that. But uh, yeah, this was my very first, and I wanted the first to be at Walt Disney World for a number of reasons. But number one, Lou, because you said it's in Florida and it's flat. <laughs> yeah, and now, it's Lori, same usually thing for warm. You. <laughs> Um, what warm? Yeah, Where? I mean, I mainly did it because you did it, but um, well, yeah, I don't true. do any other any of the races unless they're like at Disney. Yeah, they're, not, they're yeah, just I, not said as fun. I said to myself, if Luke can do it, I can do it. Yeah, yeah. no kidding, <laughs> no kidding. Um, so yeah, yeah but Lori, this, but you last year did it for the first time, correct? Yeah, last year was the first time, and for you enjoyed it so much that you not only do the you didn't not only did the half marathon this year, but you did. The half in Disneyland. You also did Tower of Terror, right? So you've started to do a lot of the Disney races. This has sort of made you a Disney runner. Yeah. Yeah. I I call myself, I'm the non-runner runner because I don't really run to run. I'm not a good person to train. I train a little bit here and there. But um, yeah, I I guess you could call me a Disney runner because that's the only place I run at. And now, Steve, you were kind of, you're the... You're the oddball, and I mean that affectionately, <laughs> because you no. sort of were you were sort of dragged into this by your wife, the huge Disney fan. But you, you know, you've run well, before you, in the past. Actually, <laughs> stop! Everybody, stop blaming me. Yeah, you're not going to get away with uh, not getting blamed for this, Lou. Yeah, Lou, this is all on you, buddy. <laughs> this no, is you. I hadn't, I hadn't run uh, since gym class in 1977, up until two years ago. <laughs> so I got suckered into running because you could do it. You know, so I had to do yeah, it. It was that I said, I'm going to Florida in January. We're going to go to Florida in January to cheer on my friends, Lou and Deanna Mongello. And he said, that crazy Internet guy that you <laughs> talk to all the time. And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, I'm not going unless I'm running. And so I came in and I signed him up and I came back into the living room and I said, OK, you're running. So that, that so it is it. all your fault. Lou. So, yeah, I've only been running for about two and a half years now, but I'm. I'm in now. It's a tradition. So I just keep on running. Yeah, but you like you you train at home and you run in the snow. I mean, I'm just I did it as a goof. You're like hardcore. No, that's that's the one where you run the half and the full. (laughs) Yeah, the goof. (laughs) So, 
Yeah, he's, he's been, what, goofy for two years now. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But, but uh, the uh, half marathon two years ago was the very first race I was ever in, just like Chuck, and uh, I wanted it to be that way. I didn't want to do a local race and kind of spoil the moment, so I was glad I did. And you have, and, and like Lori and like Mary Jo, you enjoyed it so much that you wanted to come back and do it again. Exactly. And you plussed it up. You continue to, to keep plussing it up by going So I'll from, keep doing that as long as I can. Not a way. Not a way, big guy. All right, so let's talk about the, the race weekend itself. Obviously, Friday, a lot of people went. They picked up their packets. They have the uh, traditional carb-loading meal and get to bed early. And this year, and we've all been alluding to it, was different because, really, of the unseasonably, and by that I mean, oh my God, it's bitterly cold Florida weather, but still, 23,000 people come out Saturday morning to run the half marathon. Um, Tell me what, now you guys as runners, what was that like for you the night before and that morning waking up at at 2 o'clock in the morning and getting hit with 30, 32 degree weather and uh, and somebody came to me that morning with their iPhone and said, you know, I live in Florida and I have my iPhone and I didn't know what that symbol was on the weather app. Oh, yeah, it's sleet. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you, what, the, the story, the story actually starts even before Friday. The story actually, for me, started even the week before we left because I kept watching the forecast and I kept seeing this. Many of you, if you follow me on Facebook, you kept seeing my great lamentations about oh great the weather's getting even colder for for saturday morning and i I kept going and watching the national weather service forecast for the low for friday night saturday morning because one of the challenges with any race especially the disney races because you do start so early is that you have to be at epcot at 4 a.m if not beforehand well the race doesn't start until about 5 45 you're looking at a good hour and 45 minutes more like two plus hours especially if you're like most of us that are in the back corral mojo excluded because you know she's like trying to win the thing Um, (laughs) so you you got two hours that you're standing around and you're not running and you know watching the weather forecast and i kept seeing you know a low of 29 degrees 28 degrees and then it go to 30 degrees and 32 i kept thinking to myself okay what in the world am i going to wear so it got to the point that the day before we left I ran out to a, a local store and go bought a $5 sweatshirt that I was expecting to just throw away at the side of the – at the beginning of the race. This is something that's very common that uh, folks will dress up and then they just toss the uh, toss the clothes to the side. Disney picks them all up, launders them, and then donates them to charity. And it, I think this year it ended up being something like 12,000 pounds or some huge number. Twi- 20,000 pounds. Yeah, 20,000 pounds. That was all those blankets that people had around them. Yeah, I know. There were there were blankets everywhere. But, uh, you know, the, so the, the whole saga really began even before many of us got down there. We were watching the weather forecast. It finally got to the point the night before, uh, you know, I was staying at the Contemporary and ran into the, to the Buena Vista gift, gift shop and said, okay, you know, I've got my race pants on, but I still think it's going to be too cold. I went and bought an extra pair of sweats. Yes, Disney got lots of money for me on those sweats. And uh, wore that, so I wore was wearing two pairs of, of sweat slash running pants for that morning because I was really concerned about getting cold, especially before the race starts. 
Yeah, and brilliant move by Disney, lowering the temperature inside the bubble, making people buy all the cold weather gear, <laughs> then ramping it back up yeah. to 75 this week. But you Disney mentioned made a um, killing on hats and gloves. <laughs> listen, I'm one of the guys. I bought the, the mittens and, and all that kind of stuff. But you mentioned you, the word corral. And for those people that are unfamiliar, Mary Jo, why don't you talk about what, for those people who maybe, again, I, I want to appeal to the people who are thinking about maybe taking up the, the challenge next year, what the corral system is like and how the runners are released into the wild uh, the morning of the race. Okay. Well, everyone is placed in a corral based on your estimated time of finishing. So if you have completed races in the past, then you have to turn in your qualifying time to Disney, and they will place you in a corral based on that qualifying time. If you've never done a race, then you're usually put to one of the back corrals. So, um, so your first crowd will be your elite runners, and these are people you know that are going to do the full or the half marathon in like an hour seven minutes. The winner of the half did it in an hour seven, um, and then the full, uh, the winner did it in two hours and twenty two minutes. So, you know your elite runners will be in the first crowd, and then it goes from there. So, say for instance, in the half, I was in the D crowd. And um, and then the full marathon, I was an S. And um, in the half, they actually had everybody on the same side of the road. We all started, and it's um, timed based on they'll do the wheelchair actually first. I, I guess I should say that. And then five minutes later, the next corral, and then five minutes later, the next corral after that. So um, it's possible if you're in the last corral, your start might be. 40 minutes after the first person started. That's that's pretty close, wouldn't you say, Lori? We, we were in Corral G for the uh, half marathon, and, and we ended up starting something like 30 or 40 minutes after the start of the race, wouldn't you say, Lori? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. When they opened up, like, our corral, we all kind of bolted towards the front of the crowd to try to get more ahead of the group. Right. And yeah, for nothing else, just to get room, because, you know, we're in, in that Corral G with a lot of people who... You know, are not the elite runners, and and they were. Oh gosh, I don't know. It was probably half the half of the half marathon field. I mean, it well, was and originally we were told like G was going to be split into two waves, like wave four and five. And I don't think they did that. I think G all started as that fourth wave, and they never if, if split they it. They didn't. We could never tell. So no, yeah. And we did find I... fans in the crowd of Lou's. I, I do remember one thing about running, and it was so, like, you're all sitting there, and you're all jazzed up, and you're excited, and the adrenaline's pumping, and you're getting ready to go, and the fireworks are going, and there's music pumping, and just as you're starting to begin your, your walk, because the crowd moves kind of slowly at the beginning, you're seeing the guys coming back, who the elite runners are, <laughs> and you're like, oh, come yeah. on, man, you know, give me a chance yeah. to, to at least get going. Um, yeah, Lori, what was it? We crossed. I don't even think we made it to the second mile before we saw the guys coming back already. Yeah, yeah. It was between yeah, it was somewhere I'm there. between one and two, or right after two, we saw guys running. And we're just like going, telling them to go. Yeah, they, <laughs> right. Those guys. Coming back. <laughs> Lou, I have an important important point at this uh, juncture. One thing that Chuck kind of alluded to earlier was the D tags, and people might not know exactly what that is, but it's a chip. Yeah, that's a good point. That you, that you put on your shoe, and you may think, well, man, I'm going to be just totally out of it if, you know, I'm starting 40 minutes after the, the first people start, but the, the tag, you, when you go over the starting line, is when your time actually starts. 
So no worries. Even if you're in the very last corral, you still potentially could, you know, do very well in the race. Um, but your time just starts as you start go over that starting mat, and then your time finish ends when you go over the mat at the end. So in addition to the, have, yeah, and then in addition to the to the different split points, which will help for those people who are following you, which we'll get into a little bit as well. Right, right. So, um, you know, you will have a time at the end of the race when you look at the official results. It'll say clock time, and that's your time plus whatever time the difference between the time you started, you actually started and the time that clock actually started, and then your actual chip time, if that makes any sense. Now, also connected to this is... um, you can actually sign up on the live Disney website to follow your runners. So those D-tags also help us as spectators follow you. And it will send messages. It can send messages to a computer at home if it's family that's at home to see where you're at in your race and your time. But it also will send it to telephones, to cell phones, so that we can know, oh, he just went past, you know, mile three. He should be here any minute now so that you, the people that came to see you know when to expect you, which is also very nice. Yeah, yeah even like it includes an estimated us, pace, which is nice. Yeah, for those watching to, to wait for runners to come by in certain spots, that's very helpful. Although it was way too early in the morning for me to be, you know, trying to calculate kilometers versus miles versus where they were on the course. So I just was waving and yelling to everybody. I just called everybody Steve and Lori. And <laughs> right? That's right. So real quick, yeah. from, from, a, from the runner's perspective, obviously a big reason why we do this, as we said, is because it's in, in Walt Disney World and it's not just, okay, you, you get to run through the Magic Kingdom, but along the course, the entertainment and things that are on there is such an important part of the experience. Lori, talk a little bit about some of the things that Disney has along the way that really, especially when you're hitting, you know, 500 feet, you start getting tired, that Disney does to really encourage you along the way. Oh, they do all kinds of things. I mean, there's DJs out there. There's high school bands, cheerleaders. You know, I mean, I run with my iPod, but it's still kind of good that when you get to certain points, like I'll turn it off and listen to like what they have going on. And they're, you know, they're cheering for you. The closer, you know, you get into the parks and you got, you know, people are cheering on Main Street, which is just amazing. But then you got like your characters like through the parks. Like uh, I ran with Chuck. I guess we didn't talk about that. Chuck and Mitch and I all ran together and we stopped at uh, the tea party and got Mm -hmm. our picture with like Mad Hatter. Um, Princess, or I didn't see Princess Tiana, but like Prince Naveen was out. And it was Tiana, Naveen, and also uh, Lewis was was out there. Well, that's right. Yeah, Lewis was out there. My best one was seeing Jack and Barbosa. Yeah, that was the only time Lori really ran. Was as soon as she saw Jack, she actually I took ran. Off. <laughs> I was so late to fall way. too. I'm like, I am going to run and I'm going to hit some piece of ice and I'm just going to go down on my face. Yeah, but, again, that, that's also probably a good place to also just backtrack for a second here. That when, you know, we all, as I said before, had to get get it up caught at 4 a.m. Well. You know, at 4.30, you know, we're all in this pre-race, you know, get up. There is, by the way, the pre-race party, which we haven't, we didn't really talk about, but this is a separate ticketed event that you're inside, and boy, it would have been nice to be inside for this particular one because I imagine they had plenty of heaters. But there's, you know, food, there's special meet and greets and all that kind of thing, couches for you to sit in and all that. We were outside just in the, the, the milling about area, and the Green Army men started showing up and kind of emceeing things, and they said, oh, what is that, a snowflake? 
Uh, no, that is a snowflake. It's snowing. So yeah, 4.30 in the morning, it started snowing. Not flurrying. It started snowing. Uh, yeah, snow in Florida and starting a half marathon. That was, was a lot of fun. But it actually, you know, Lori it, it, and, and Mary Jo and, and uh, Steve, it kind of gave us a little bit of something we really had to watch out for because, you know, we had wet pavement, but you did have to kind of watch out for those slick spots. Yeah, now, Steve, you are from Pittsburgh. I don't want to say exactly where because people will be coming to your house. They'll be asking for autographs. But you're from, you're from the Northeast. So for you, how much of a factor did the cold weather, more importantly, you know, at one point it was kind of sleeting a little bit and snowing. How was that for you running the course and, and even prepping for it early in the morning? Well, actually, yeah, the worst part uh, was in the morning. But once the race started, uh, didn't notice the cold really much at all. Uh, I took off my sweatshirt and threw it off the side of the road right at the start of the race. And, uh, yeah, once you got going, it was probably actually good because I sweat a lot and I kind of stayed nice and cold for the race. So uh didn't mind it until after the race when you are got that thin foil on you and you're overheated and you just want to get back to the room, but you do a lot of standing around. That was probably the worst part for me. But uh, it was even colder, in my opinion, the second day. I don't know if you're just sick of the cold yeah. at that point. But uh, what Chuck said, uh, the, the water stops the day of the marathon. It was a little colder. We actually got Powerade slushies and uh, the Sawney <laughs> ice water, which it was kind of cold the first few miles, but it tasted good towards the end of the race. But yeah. people quit they throwing their water down. right? Yeah. And there was water uh, at the water stops because a lot of people take a sip and throw it on the ground. So as it went along, started throwing it more to the side because that uh, was slick in spots uh, near the water areas. Oh, the first hour and a half, it was like all the, especially during the marathon, the first hour and a half, it was just solid sheets of ice at the water stations. I think I was quite a bit back from you, Steve, so by the time all the people ahead of me had thrown the water down, it made for a nice sheet of ice. It was it was pretty scary, actually. Yeah, it would be. It was 29 degrees when you guys started, so it would freeze real fast. Yeah, yeah. and there's no rock salt on that in uh, Florida, that's for sure. <laughs> They threw sand down in a few of the places, but I never did see it. I, you know, they the, all the volunteers, which were so fabulous, just kept on telling us, you know, go slow, go slow, and people were kind of shuffling through those areas because it really was dangerous. Well, I mean, it's you know, this we was the coldest marathon in history. So. We were concerned for you too, Mary Jo, because yeah. um, I was watching after Steve had gone, and I my kids went off to do their thing. And I kept watching, and I, every now and then, would yell out, Mary Jo! <laughs> Maybe if you ran past, I'd see you, and you're, you'd hear me or something. And then, um, finally, I think Deanna texted you until she got a response, because we were concerned that we hadn't seen you, and we hadn't heard from you, and we thought maybe you went down on the ice. <laughs> so we're yeah, glad even the updates were the updating. Yeah, sometimes the text messages... Her, and nothing was coming across, and I'm going... What happened to Mary Jo? I haven't had like an update since mile five. Yeah, it's yeah, not I, a full yeah, system. I text to you too, Lori. Have you yeah, heard you from Mary Jo? Me. Yeah, yeah. Those texts don't always come through, you know, right on time. I think the system probably just gets uh, overloaded. But you know, Valerie, talking about cheering, um, and again, I talked about sort of the, the spectator strategy on an old show. But I think cheering, and here's my argument not to run again, is almost as much fun with less sweat but just as much cold as it is running. I mean, we have to get up at the same time. We're in the park by 5.30 a.m. But it really is 
such a great experience, although we might have actually been colder because we weren't moving. We sort of parked ourselves. We yeah, we parked ourselves at that the spot, as we call it, on Main Street, which if you are planning on watching somebody run, I think this is a, a good tip that we can give for people. You are probably better off saying, okay, I'm going to try and put myself here. I'm going to be across the street from the cinema on Main Street because it's easier for the runners to find you than for you oftentimes to seek them out. Oh, Mary Jo, you can attest to that. Lori, Chuck, as well. Yes, definitely. As the yeah. crowd's going by, I mean, unless you're wearing you know, a flaming orange shirt, <laughs> some people actually were, it's hard to find people. So if they know where you are on certain points on the course, and again, you can be, you can be in the Magic Kingdom, then make it again at the end to the finish line in Epcot, it's easier for the runners to find you. And year after year, we've tried to identify our uh, Disney World Trivia or WDW Radio runners in specific shirts, thinking, oh, well, the first year, well, we'll be able to see them in yellow. And then you realize, oh, about 50% of the people that run in these races wear yellow shirts. (laughs) (laughs) So then, you know, we tried something different. And then, so then this year, we're in WDW Radio Blue. And, of course, this year... Everybody's got coats and sweatshirts on, <laughs> and so yeah. we're still kind of, you know, trying to look through and see, you know. And then we had the blondie bands for our, our runners, which was nice because, you know, up on the top of the head we had the blue, and we we were able to try to find them. But um, you definitely have a point there, Lou. Um, I think making sure that if you if your if your runner knows where you're at, it's a little bit easier. Definitely. The only caveat to that is that the spectator needs to make sure and stay in that spot. Mary Jo, let's just let's take for a second because you obviously need to tell your story about how dedicated you were to try and find people that were cheering for you. And, and it goes to how important it is to have people out there cheering. You so wanted to win this race and beat Bastos or whatever his name was. <laughs> tell us what happened as you came onto Main Street USA, arguably probably for the runners the best part of the course when you make that turn and there's that reveal of the castle and the crowd right there on, on freezing Main Street. Oh, definitely. I um, This year, unfortunately, did not have any family that was down for the race, um, like the real blood family. And so Lou and Lori and Mitch and Chuck and everybody, you all are my family at this weekend. And, you know, it was important to me because Lou had said that he was going to be across from the cinema um, that I find him and I find Valerie and I found, you know, find all the WDW radio gang. And as soon as I get there, I'm like, you know, all excited and everything. And he's not standing there. And I'm like, where's Lou? And I see Scott and Shane and all them. And they were all like, uh, he's in Casey's getting coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I want to, I want to let you know, Mary Jo, I said to him, he says, I'm going to go get coffee. I said, are you sure? That we've got time. We've got plenty of time. And then I turn around five, not even five minutes later. Mary goes, sorry. And I went, hi. And I take pictures and she goes, oh, where's Lou? I said, getting coffee. <laughs> so she takes off down the street after Lou. Go ahead. Yeah, so um, 
you know, I just wanted to show my dedication to Lou, and I thought, you know, I may be the only person that will ever go off course to actually find Lou Mangello in a marathon race. But I did it. <laughs> and I still finished in time. You know, that's just so, so um, sad. <laughs> yeah, it was sad because he's like the only person, you know, looking for me. He wasn't even there. <laughs> And I no, felt bad because I, I, when I walked back from Casey's, look, I'm no idiot. I walked through the Emporium because why should I walk out in the cold? And I was strolling. Yeah, and the, I actually was looking on the sidewalk to see to make sure you weren't walking back on the sidewalk, and I didn't see you. And you were making sure so, that I just wasn't hidden by the taller people in front of me. I understand, but we able we were able to. You came <laughs> off the course, and we were able to meet up again in front of Casey's. And and I appreciate you doing that. You you cutting into your record time to come and say I hi. Know but, it. It shows I how got important fifth place it is. Instead of third, <laughs> yeah. that's right. There you go. <laughs> now, see, like then you had like my husband and Mitch's wife and our friend Lee, who sat in the Grand Floridian until they thought it was closer to the time to come over to the Magic Kingdom <laughs> to cheer for us, and then they were in the spot. So then we had to find him, but good thing Betsy had a big sign that said "Run for the Rum" because it's the only way we found him on Main Street. Yeah. <laughs> then yeah. you have it on my yeah, side. I was going to say, it's, it's a good point to, to mention to spectators that, you know, Lou and other people, you know, you never know when people are going to be coming. Right. And um, it's a good idea to, like, kind of hang out until you see them and then go get the coffee. <laughs> I, <laughs> because, I know. you know, some people are, you know, faster and some people are slower. But um, I, I guess I thought it was kind of a compliment because I thought, well, maybe he didn't think I would be here that fast. I, so I, you, I I thought that I had missed you. I, I can't make up an excuse. I was really cold. <laughs> I was really cold. <laughs> How do you think it was for all of us? Yeah, I then think you have it all. We're doing great time, Mary Jo. When yeah, I turned around you. and saw you, I went, "Wow, Mary Jo's already here." Well, God, see, I'm used to Lori. Great. I'm used to Lori texting me from last year, cursing <laughs> me out on mile three. I can't believe you made me do this. Oh, As we a were matter of fact, that we were worried like, that Lori wasn't so on the course this year. Because huh? she wasn't texting us. Right. We were a little worried huh. about you. Oh. Well, I, was, I, I, th- I was forgot you were drinking sweet. rum. Yeah. I, I think yeah, the, okay, um, that's a story from some other time, yeah. I, I think drinking. the important thing here is that certainly it's so important, and I knew this when I ran slash walked slash crawled through the half marathon, how important it was for people to be there cheering you on. Now, the one thing I do have to say about this year that – it, it was probably an unintentional disappointment, but something for Disney to maybe think about next year was that when I was running, and, and Steve, maybe you can you know say too, the first time that you ran, uh, I guess it was also in 2007, it was so exciting and encouraging to be running by random faces in the crowd and then saying, hey, Lou, hey, Steve, hey, Deanna, come on, you guys can do it, because they could read your names on the bibs. They were very easy to read. This year, they were white on an orange background. You really couldn't read the bibs as people were going by. And I, as somebody who was trying to help cheer people on, especially those who looked like they were really kind of struggling, to scream out somebody's name was impossible. So I would only recommend that they go back to sort of the black on white names. Because I, I, tell me, Steve, did you find that helpful? You know, as you oh, were running love, by? It's great when you hear your name being yelled. It kind of gives you a little boost of energy. And I did uh, hear my name... Uh, seems like more in other years, but of course, other years, it seemed like I was looking like I needed to help a little more. <laughs> it, uh... I, I think this year on the full, it was a little easier. Um, Lou, you're right on the, the half, the goofy bibs especially, there was orange writing on a white mm-hmm. background. 
And then the full was a white with black writing. So it was a little bit easier. So I did hear my name a lot more on Sunday. Well, and even going back to the Mickey Mile, they have that red background and they have the black lettering there. So it was kind of kind of odd. And I think, Mary Jo, you're right. The Goofy was the hardest because you really it, – it's a, it's a matter of contrast between the – the, the text and the background, and there just wasn't that contrast to really make the text stand out and pop, so it was hard to see those names. Yeah, so well, that's that, why they were shouting Goofy at me instead of Steve. That's <laughs> I was wearing Goofy. I was wondering Close why enough. they were doing that. Close enough, yeah. Yeah, at some point, everybody was just, hey, man, hey, buddy, hey, guy in the Tinkerbell dress, and yes, there were many of those. Uh, <laughs> yes. You know, come on, you can do it, whatever it might be, so. Well, also, then you went back, you know, fell back on the, you know, go Ohio State or go Steelers, whatever their shirts happened to say, mm-hmm. or their jackets yeah. this year, I guess, if you wanted to Mitch and I ran in kilts, and we got a lot of go ki- people in kilts. Yeah, go kill people. There you go. kill people. <laughs> But if you, it was if, funny, if, about if halfway, halfway to, through the race, I had kilt envy. I'm like, why don't I have a kilt on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Kilt envy. And then, of course, there was the guy yelling, hey, hot chick in the black tights, call me. I'm like, she can't hear you. She's she's gone. She's long gone. One, <laughs> one of the things to remember, especially those the spectator folks, because my wife and kids were trying to get to the Magic Kingdom. We were staying at the Contemporary, and they thought, oh, well, we can they can just you know walk through instead of trying to, to take the monorail, which was massively packed. Uh, again, think ahead. They wouldn't let them go through, and what made it a little tougher is that the the half marathon and the marathon path run along what would be the southbound lane. So you're essentially running in the opposite direction. Well, that other side is filled up with cars, so they really couldn't see all that well. So if you're at the contemporary, uh, thinking that you're going to get a, get a good vantage point, I'll just walk out from the contemporary and watch the the marathon. Really, not the case. You want to think about trying to get over to the Magic Kingdom and and you do have to use that monorail because they will not let you cross the street. So again, if you're if you happen to be staying the contemporary and you're going to be a spectator, definitely keep that in mind. Yeah, definitely go back. Either that or get there, get there early because like when we got there early, no one had started running yet or yeah, no one had started running yet. Well, you As were the fir- you were fact, literally the first person in the you were number one in the Magic Kingdom I was, at five at I six was, o'clock. I was so excited. <laughs> that was that was my big thing for the race this year was that I got to be the first person on Main Street. I have pictures and everything. I'll have to post them on the website. It's awesome. Yeah, definitely go back if you're thinking about or if you have people that are going next year. Check out the Spectator Strategy Show on on Show ninety nine, and as well as the Marathon Prep Show, so you know about things like when to get up, when to get there, where to park. Because the logistics, one thing I should say too, is the logistics of how to get certain places is not necessarily very well documented, say, for example, at your hotel or anywhere in the park. So if you, almost to the point that if you didn't know there was Marathon Weekend, you wouldn't find anything in your resort hotel lobby saying, hey, if you are planning on going to cheer, this is where you need to be when. You definitely need to prepare well ahead of time before you we get were there. discussing this, Lou, and our theory is that the reason Disney isn't poster or pasting this all over the place, this is Marathon Weekend, and Magic Kingdom's going to open at 6 in the morning for marathon viewing, is because there are those people that would come, even though they weren't there for the marathon, thinking they're going to get into the Magic Kingdom early. Right. And find yes. that, you know, everything is roped off except where we're allowed to cheer, and then it caused bottlenecks and crowds. So that was kind of our theory on why they maybe don't have as much information as you'd like. 
But I do want to say that we did find out last year when we, we went for the marathon day back to the Magic Kingdom, me and the kids. This year, Nicole and Tom took off for uh, Animal Kingdom. And your, your kids, by the way. Animal Kingdom. Right. right. And they took the buses that are provided and had no problem getting out there and seeing him. And then um, we walked in from the boardwalk and we got, you know, we got to see Steve in England and then again over on his way past Spaceship Earth to the finish line. So, um, you know, Disney does have things set up so that you can get there. Now, at that point in the marathon, we were able to cross the marathon crowd. But that's because by that point of the marathon in Epcot, there's a little bit more space between runners. And you kind of had to run diagonally across, you know. Yeah, we we talk about there are also some other places you can go which might be beneficial for you and beneficial for the people you're cheering on that are much less crowded. So, for example, in front of the Grand Floridian, there's not a lot of people there. It's easier for you to get there for your runner to find you. And it's also encouraging for the runners because there's not a lot Mm -hmm. of people cheering. Mm -hmm. Uh, You definitely need a burst of energy at at certain points, certain milestones along the way. So that's another great place to go. Animal Uh, Kingdom is one of those ones that's very sparse. Yeah, so and that and so let's kind of move over to Sunday because we keep mentioning Goofy and for people who don't realize what what we're talking about when we say Goofy, the Goofy challenge is for Goofy people like Mary Jo and Steve who say, "Hey, you know what? 13.1 miles not really enough for me. Let me do <laughs> double that the day after as well." So you're running 39. I lost my abacus. 39.3. <laughs> thank you. Miles. Um Steve, you've done this in the past. Mary Jo, this was your first Goofy, correct? Yes. So really, try and, you know, Reader's Digest condensed version. What possesses a woman like you to say, hey, I'm going to run back-to-back races in Walt Disney World? And why? And better yet, um, why should somebody who, who, you know, again, not long-distance runners by nature, should say, hey, I, let me go do the Goofy too? Sell it. Sell it for us, Mary Jo. Okay. Well, last year I did the full marathon, and I told you, Lou, that that was one of the highlights of my whole life. I mean, (laughs) it sounds really pathetic (laughs) when I say it that way, but honestly, I still get chills when I think about my very first marathon, and it was at Walt Disney World. It was the most magical day that I've ever had in Disney. Um, So, you know, how do you top that? And that's basically why I signed up for Goofy. I thought, you know, there's no way that I can top the marathon from last year and the feelings that I got from that, except by just doing two races back to back. So um, it was an incredible ride. I, you know, can't say, I do not regret at all doing it, but I do not think I will ever do it again. Um, It definitely is the, the hardest thing I've ever done. Uh, when I woke up Sunday morning after completing the half the day before and I was a little bit sore, I was quite worried, to be honest. And um, I just really had a lot of doubt and worries, concerns that I wouldn't be able to complete the marathon. So, um, you know, the emotions of completing the marathon and I'll, I guess we'll get to the finish line and stuff here in a little bit, but um, it's just... It's one of the things I probably will be most proud of in my whole entire life. Um, just being able to say that I completed the Goofy and I did it in a you know fairly decent time, a time that I'm proud of. 
So, and this year was the fifth anniversary of the Goofy Challenge, um, and they had some different tributes to Goofy along the way. They had those out on the half and the full. I don't know if y'all saw those before we went to the Magic Kingdom. Um, they had like a little area where they had a Goofy billboard and a Goofy statue and some different Goofy things, and that was really cute. They also um, did some special things in the expo with our packets. We got little um, kind of like Mardi Gras beads that had Goofy Challenge on them, and we got um, tennis shoe laces that said Goofy's Race and a Half Challenge. So some different little things for it being the fifth year anniversary. Um, I'm really glad that I got to do it this year. It, it was nice. Um, I wish the weather would have been you know, a little bit better, but, you know, hey, what can I say? I did it. Well, We're so, so proud of you. I was going to say. No kidding. We are very proud of you. I, I, I'm proud, and I'm, I know we all are, of anybody that takes up any of the challenges. Um, maybe not so proud of the baby crawlers, but from the from the half marathoners <laughs> up, those hey, are the people so I'm proud baby, of. That's a long crawl. <laughs> so, so. You know, well, and, I, and I said. Mary Jo said, uh, the medals were extra cool also. They had, Yes. They had special medals this year, so uh, that made it cool. But uh, my story's almost the same as Mary Jo's, except I started with the half. Uh, the first race I was ever in two years ago, got the Donald Duck medal, and that was one of the proudest moments of my life, one of the happiest days I've had. And I was so special that uh, I didn't want to give it. I wanted to run the marathon the next year. But I had so much fun, and I knew people doing the half that I just didn't want to give up the half because it was so special to me. And uh, so I did the marathon also. So that's kind of why, and then I just did it again. Just, I don't know. I'm stuck with it now, I guess. <laughs> well, this year, your daughter was running Yeah, for the half. My daughter ran, so that made it special. So now, Chuck, for you, as the first time Walt Disney World half marathoner, did you have those same sentiments? Or were you cursing me out on mile five? <laughs> oh, no, that was after the first 50 feet. <laughs> no, it was, I tell you what, it, it was awesome. I, I was really, really worried that I was not going to be able to finish this half marathon. Again, as I said, this is the first endurance race I've ever done, not even a 5K or anything like that. So, you know, to just come on out and go, okay, I'm going to do 13.1 miles. What did I just sign myself up for? So, you know, it was such a huge help to have Lori and Mitch there. Uh, they may have thought that I was helping drag them along. They were actually helping drag me along, uh, along the whole way. And you know, I don't know if I could have done that anywhere else but Walt Disney World because there was just so much energy, so much excitement, and so many great things just along the side of the road. Uh, especially during you know, for for us running half that long stretch from leaving the Magic Kingdom until you made the turn and, and got you know into Epcot. That's a long stretch that there's really not a whole lot going on, uh, per se, like park or anything like that. But Disney put other things along the way. Again, there were a couple of character meet and greets along the way. There were bands playing. There were you know all this kind of stuff that was uh, that was going on. So you know when I when we finally saw you know that finish line, uh, that was a oh that was such a special moment because I knew I had done it. Uh, I knew that that I had I'd set out. I wanted to make this accomplish, achieve this accomplishment. You know, it was one of those things on kind of the bucket list. Although the bucket is way away, uh, hopefully. Uh, but I really wanted to to make this make this happen. And when I saw the finish line, 
coming to sight. Um, you know, I, I was tired, but I almost wanted to, you know, kick it right up and just sprint across the finish line. Uh, you know, together, you know, we, Mitch and I and, uh, and Lori grabbed hands, raised our hands up, and we crossed the finish line together uh, and just, you know, really cheered. And yes, we were not winning the race as far as time goes, but we ran the race as far as we go. And Lori, I think you can probably talk to the feeling not just after the race and that sense of accomplishment and relief and, and for some people, agony, not, but after the race is over, especially on Saturday, something else happens because you see so many people walking around Saturday, Sunday, not Mary Joe milks it to Monday and, and the week or two after, wearing their medals <laughs> around the park. And there is that look on their face of such pride and such accomplishment and so many people coming up to them congratulating perfect strangers that adds such a a cool element, I think, to the rest of the weekend, seeing those people walking around and and meeting strangers that either raced alongside you or that you just are are happy to see completed it. Yeah, it's really great. And this year was a little different because everybody was so cold. That, you know, people were bundled up. Some people had their medals on, like, outside their coats. Like, that's what I did. Um, But, yeah, it just seems it's amazing when you're walking around with your medal. I was actually crutching around with my crutches and my medal. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a great feeling. And you always have to tell people congratulations, you know, when you see them. Whether, you, you know, they're wearing a 5K medal, Donald, Mickey, Goofy, blinged out like Mary Jo. But, yeah, you know, then you tend to sleep with your medals and... I haven't taken mine off yet, so it's okay. Yeah, Chuck hasn't taken his off. Mary Jo's sleeping with all three of hers, putting funky imprints on her stomach at night. You know, well, right. and well, you should. You should wear those with pride because I think this year more than any, all of you guys, you earn those medals. Oh yeah, you earn those not just because of the distance you ran, but enduring and braving the elements. So I give congratulations to everybody. And even if you didn't finish and you got swept. You should be darn proud of getting on that starting line and taking up the challenge and doing that. And, I, and I've said that since day one. The important thing is not finishing the race, it's starting the race. And uh, I know we had, the, uh, we had our meet of the month after the half marathon on Saturday, and it was so cool, pardon the pun, to see so many people walking around with their medals and hugging each other and, and very humbling to have people come over and say, you know, I heard you talk about this on the show, and that's why I did it. And I'm so happy, and I'm and I'm signing up, and I'm coming back next year. Uh, I, I just think that that's I think that's awesome because not only have they been able to experience something that I really wanted, and that's the purpose of this show is to not tell our personal stories, but to tell it by way of example, so they can maybe say, "Hey, this is something that I might want to do." And hey, if Lori can do it with a literally a broken leg and short <laughs> fat short-legged Lou Mangiello can do it, I can do this too. And hear that sense of personal pride and your sense of accomplishment and goal-setting and achievement. Uh, I really hope this inspires other people to, to run as well. Well, that's another thing that makes running at Disney World so special for me because even though it was my third time I've been down there, you see that so many people that have done it for the first time and they have this glow about them all day long with their medal and it just makes it uh, special for everybody and that's why you try to get people that you know when you uh, like this year whenever you know we talked to my daughter and we said you know you should do this go ahead go do this with your dad and then her boyfriend decided to do it too 
and to share that because we, I know what it was for Steve, how much it meant to him, and then to see that same look on their faces. And, and it's kind of hard to explain, even as a spectator, how moved you can be at watching these people and seeing them across the line in all shapes, sizes, um, conditions, getting across that line, making, doing that personal best. I mean, just it's, it's just a wonderful thing to share, even if you aren't the athlete, even if you aren't the one who's out there running. It is just a wonderful thing to share, even with you know, your family, but with strangers, with, and then our extended Disney family that we all have here today. Exactly, and that's well, why yeah. I think, and, and I said at the beginning that I've, I've sort of watched a shift take place with Marathon Weekend because I think it has slowly gone from, okay, this is a, a weekend for runners to go and run a race it, that just happens to be in Walt Disney World. Now I think it's shifted to be sort of one of, uh, one of those experiential weekends like... Uh, you know, coming for the Christmas party or coming for Halloween or coming for food and wine and coming for food and wine and then coming back the next weekend for food and wine <laughs> because there's so much more to it. And again, it's not about coming to Disney World to ride rides. It's about coming for this very, very unique experience. And Valerie, you make a great point. As a spectator, we got such a charge and such a rush and such a different perspective on things going to cheer on people and even cheering on complete strangers. And you who were participants and who ran got to see the parks in such from such unique vantage points and experience things that other people can. And anybody can do this. And, and I mean that sincerely. Really, if Lou Mangello can do it, anybody can run these races. And that's why I hope people say, hey, you know what? I've done a lot, but I've never done this. And take up the call train a little bit just so you don't get hurt but come out and try these races there are some yeah, incredible Lou, stories I, yeah go ahead i was just going to say in addition to what lou's saying absolutely i've run a lot of races around town and in my state and um you know there's a lot of elite runners that run in these local races but i would say that disney races are the most friendly to all shapes and sizes runners walkers any combination of thereof, um, you know, they are very friendly to to everyone. And um, there are a lot of races that I've run in. And if you if you walked, I mean, you it would be frowned on. So um, I really congratulate Disney on providing a venue and races that are so accommodating to all people, all shapes and sizes. And um, I just think it's fabulous that it motivates people. To get to go to you know the happiest place on earth, uh, in order to do that, they want to get in shape and um, you know run one of the races down there, so they can have that unique experience and be around those unique characters and rare characters that you don't see or combinations of characters that you know you never see in the park uh, or very rarely get to see. So I really applaud Disney, and I, I think it's gotten a lot of people out um, running and walking doing things that they wouldn't have normally done so yeah and as, as i was going to say there's also just so many wonderful stories that that we saw you know not only from the half marathon but also the full there was one soldier who was uh in his his training and he he ran in full gear 
combat boots. How he ran in combat boots, I don't know. Plus with a 25-30 pound pack on his back. And he did the full marathon that way. And he was running to bring support to uh, his fellow soldiers in Iraq. There was another that I saw that was a firefighter. Again, running in full gear with the the tank on his back, the hat on and everything. And he ran the marathon that way. Again, just some incredible people that you see running, not just to get the achievement of the marathon, but also running for a great cause, which again is part of what we here, you know, did running for the dream team. Right. And that's and that's something I wanted to point out too was there are so many reasons to come and run. Whether it, you are a runner and you want to compete or try a new race, look, there are you talk about stories, there are so many people that I know that we all know and other listeners probably know of people who said, "Hey, I'm going to set myself a goal to get myself in shape or to stay in shape or lose weight and focus on my on my personal health." And I know people who have done it and have set the goal and have lost, I mean, literally you know, over a hundred pounds so they can do this. And they finished the race and they didn't get swept. And and I'm telling you, there are guys I know that I hugged at that meet last week that I was so proud of that did it. And if that's your motivating factor, even better. Other people, it's achieving personal best times. But Chuck, I, I think you mentioned something that I wanted to definitely touch on was the charitable aspect and the good that comes from these races on so many different levels. Mary Jo, you mentioned how Disney donates all that clothing that was tossed aside. Chuck, you you, you illustrated it. It's brand new that was thrown aside. That's going to people that really need it. So many individuals and groups and websites like ours and so many others that raise money in their own ways to benefit so many good causes. The Marathon Weekend itself through Disney benefits the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, um, which which is dedicated to fighting you know blood cancers. They create awareness for it. They have they can make donations to it. Um, you can actually still go to DisneyWorldMarathon.com. I think you can still do. Uh, I can, you still might be able to make donations. I think they yeah. r- raise about seven million dollars uh, with Disney and team and training. Everything from individuals to communities to large organizations, it's such an important part. And so much good comes out of this, again, on a personal level and sort of on a global, you know, community level as well. Yeah, team and training, they have, they have individual, individual coaches that will work with runners and actually help them through the training. And then during the course of the race, will be out on the course cheering all the team and training uh, members. And that's um, really neat to see. So, and you see a lot of the purple um, jerseys out there on the course for sure. Yeah, yeah there done, are a lot of them. We've done some things this year and in years past to raise money for the Dream Team project. Uh, I'm certainly, as next year's marathon and some of the other events approach, we're going to talk some more about some things that we're planning on doing to ramp up those efforts to allow you, the listener, to be part of the WDW radio show running team and to help raise money. We raise money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. Uh, so very important to, to me and everybody else who's part of it. Uh, and again, too, you know, there's other races. If you say, hey, look, this might not be for me or, hey, I've done the marathon and I love this and I've done the half marathon. There's so many other events throughout the year you should look for as well. In addition to the marathon and the half marathon, which, again, is going to run in early January 2011, 
There's also other races as well you can run this year and next year. There's the 5K at ESPN the weekend. These themed races, I think, are done wonderfully. There's the Princess. If you want to do a half marathon, Steve, you want to dress like a princess, the half marathon weekend is March 5th through the 7th. The Expedition Everest Challenge, which a bunch of us have participated in in the past. This year, they're moving it to June. Interesting movement of of that. Bring your poncho. Into the middle of the summer. Bring your <laughs> bring your water. Bring, bring your, your flippers. Yeah, bring your canteen. And obviously, uh, it, something that appeals to me and so near and dear to my heart beyond the charity stuff is the inaugural Disney Wine and Dine Half Marathon <laughs> Ooh, Weekend, uh, October 1st through the 2nd. We're definitely going to talk about this more as we start to get closer. I'm not committing either way. Maybe I think I'll, they created I just that. signed you up for it, Lou. Yeah, Lou's already signed up. I so. might do the up. eating that's, that's part. I'll doing. do the wine and dine, and you guys do the marathon part. And what we'll kind of well, you know, group effort. You still owe me a race, Mr. Mongello, Mr. I'm going to run Tower Terry with you and didn't. What Didn't I do better more for you by cheering you on from the sidelines? Yeah, Wasn't but I, we're, we're we even because I cheered really you on during the you. That's right. How, I hey, didn't even you, see you, Val. What are you talking about? <laughs> You might get a get out of free get out How of jail free card. You were gone already. I think I think Valerie and I standing in the uh, in the sleet for the half marathon. I think we're good. I think we're all we're, we're all even. But it could be though, if I remember correctly, in reading in the wine and dine though, that it's a team event too. That you can somehow tag team up and two people could run it in something like a relay. I'm I yeah. remember that. I might be wrong on that. Deanna but, can run. Yeah, you are. Right. I can eat. Yeah, and I, so think, could, I think two people we, could could split it up. We might actually be able to win this thing. So, so Lou, the way it works is you and I run the it. first part, then we go wine and dine while Steve and Deanna finish. Yeah, there we have go. to look. Uh, we have to look okay, more into the wine and dine uh, a little bit more. So, well, before yeah, we wrap yeah. up, there was one other thing I wanted to uh, thank all of you for, which was uh, a nice little sort of plussing of the weekend for me. I hope it was for you as well. We always do the meat of the month. Uh, we, we did the first one actually last year's after last year's half marathon, which was a lot of fun. Push came by this year. We did something a little bit different because we were able to do not just our meet of the month, but Disney gave us space up on the second floor of the train station to broadcast live to the box people and to actually do a live video broadcast and chat. Thankfully, they kudos to them adapted on the fly, brought us inside the expo hall gave us great space in there and some characters as well too beyond just Chuck Lionberger um, that was a lot of fun you, to be able to share with the people who couldn't get down there some of what I was talking about some of that energy after the marathon of people coming by layers upon layers of clothing but you know that top layer Lori Burke was that metal hanging out and so many people wearing it with pride and coming over to sort of show it off and just say how much they enjoyed it so uh, thanks to all of you guys that came by and to everybody who watched. It was a big part of the weekend for me, and I, and I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Hey, I'm just glad I was out of the box. It was my first time. <laughs> I was glad box. that I was out of the cold. Forget about the box. More... <laughs> Lou, it was nice meeting you, but I had more fun meeting the box. <laughs> <laughs> I graduated. <laughs> That's right. I graduated out of the box. So, But, yeah, I think, um, I think we all agree that in whatever capacity it is that you decide to come out and run, walk, cheer, raise money, personal goals, lose weight, whatever it is that motivates you to hopefully bring you out, there is something here for everybody. It can be run by anybody of any physical ability or 
inability in my case. And the half marathon and marathon weekend is has quickly become, I think, one of those weekends to mark on your calendar if you're looking for that super cool, super important, fun experience at Walt Disney World, especially if you think that you've done it all. And before I forget, thank you to all of you guys, Mary Jo, Chuck, Val, Steve, Lori, everybody else in the box, out of the box, runners, cheers, everything for, again, making a great, great week for everybody involved. Certainly our Lou, can I say one last thing? Absolutely. Lou, I just wanted to say that um, at the marathon, um, I kind of said earlier about how emotional it was at the marathon just because of the fact that I didn't know really at the beginning of the day whether I was going to finish. And I just wanted to say a really, really super big thank you to some people that were in Epcot that just it it's, it kind of makes me tear up thinking about it right now. Um, I saw Deb Wills and the whole, all the All Ears gang, and when I saw them, I was just like so excited. And then I saw Chuck and his family, and then I saw some people from my hometown and some people from Maryville, Tennessee, and um, it just really the emotions just flooded out. I mean, it was unbelievable, and I just wanted to thank all of them for being there. Um, like I said earlier, my family wasn't able to be there, and they were my family. And um, Lou, I know you were there in spirit. You were probably going to get a coffee, but <laughs> I, I actually was eating. Believe it or not, Mary, I swear to you, I was actually eating at the electric umbrella. But I, could, I was watching from the window. I swear. Yeah, you saw me, didn't you? <laughs> but um, I well, just we were, wanted we're glad to we caught thank up with you. you. Yeah, that was just. I don't know how to explain after you what you when you've run 39 miles and I had probably point two left at that point and you see all these people that you've you know been talking to online for a whole year and I had been you know cheering on Deb on online uh, for the half and talking with Chuck about all the conditions for the race and talking about the race the whole year long and um, just seeing those people um, at the finish line was just more than I could possibly handle. I think that um, maybe some of the people at the finish line maybe thought I was hurt. I was crying so hard. <laughs> but um, it was just incredible, and I encourage anybody to um, do the full marathon because it will give you the most unique perspective of Disney World um, and perspective that you'll never ever imagine and i let me just tell my this little story um some of the races i've done um i always have to use the bathroom in the middle of the race and um <laughs> thank you so much for sharing really what a way to end I, here i was i was hoping right. we were gonna cry i was hoping we were gonna cry so for a little on, podcast so gold and you say you need to use so, the on, so every time i take my time. kids <laughs> so every time i take my kids to the parks i'll say that bathroom right there. I went into that bathroom during the half marathon or during the marathon. You'll be like, Mama, so what? <laughs> but it's kind of like you have kind of like connections with things that you never would imagine. Like I'm, you know, connected to that bathroom forever because I remember going there at mile thirteen or mile seventeen or whatever. So um, I just hope that if you're if you have any desire to run or uh, walk 
at Disney, um, do it because it is so much fun and you will just love it. It is, it is just one of the best things I've ever done. Well, registration is open now. For if you're thinking about it, now's the time. January 8th, 2011 for the half marathon. January 9th, 2011 for the full. And so if you're interested, sign up now. And, and you know, to be serious, for those people who are thinking about 2011, actually now really is the time to start thinking about the half and the full marathons because they will fill up. And last year, the, the half, half marathon... Up. Yeah, yeah, the half, half fills up say, a lot quicker. Really fast. Within probably three or four months, the half will fill up. So, you know, if you're thinking about it, better to register sooner than later because if you, you know, kind of hem and haw and then, you know, come July or August, think to yourself, yeah, I'll go ahead and do it. You might not have, you might not have that opportunity because it might be full. Very true. Very true. And you could always make up an excuse and back out if you have to. Lori, then Val, then Steve, any parting words that hopefully don't involve toilets? Yeah, Lou. Uh, <laughs> well, Lori, there is pirates, but that's another story. Uh, first, you know, you have to give a big shout out to all the Disney volunteers that are amazing from registration through the race to, to the end of the race. Uh, you know, it's, it's just amazing how much work they do, and uh, it's appreciated by the runners and I'm sure the spectators also. And uh, one thing that made it special this year, this is our third year going down, but this is the first year that there were still Christmas decorations up. And I don't know if they're going to continue doing this, but uh, that made it extra special for us because we've never seen Main Street decorated in uh, the Christmas trees, so uh, that made it nice. And uh, one final thing, I went to Disney World to do the Goofy over the weekend, and I gained 11 pounds. I don't know how I did. <laughs> I think when you go to Ohana, you shouldn't nod every time someone with meat skewers walks by you. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) Lori, can you top that? Really? Um, Yeah, I have a stress fracture. Yeah. um, (laughs) Yeah, I have a stress fracture. I do have something that can be uh, maybe. (laughs) Do you see why we call it story time with Mojo? Time with Mojo. Yeah, I know. Um, I don't know if I think. If I can do it with a broken leg, anybody can do it. That sounds like a T-shirt next year. So. Yeah. yeah, I think that sounds like. Or the, if Lou Mangello can do it, I can people. do a T-shirt. Yeah. Well, Lori looked at us at, at, at mentioned on. She said, "I don't know if I'm gonna finish." And we both looked at her and said, "By hook or by crook, we're getting you across that finish line." So yes, if Lori can do it with a stress fracture, anybody can do it. Yeah, uh-huh. Mitch literally drug me up Heartbreak Hill. Well, he that, grabbed my hand and pulled me up the hill. He's like, come you on. You were disqualified. You were disqualified. That, you know what, what, though? That's honestly a nice <laughs> testament. I think that is a nice testament to the fact that it's not about who finishes when or your time. It's about helping each other out and helping friends out and motivating each other to finish that race. So I applaud Mitch and Chuck for doing that for you because I'm sure yeah, that made all the difference. I kept telling them to go on without me. I would be fine, but they Oh, don't, don't play the martyr. Oh, just go on. Just leave me here to just bleed on the side me. of the road. <laughs> just put me down. <laughs> just shoot me here and use me for glue. I'll be fine. <laughs> Valerie, please bring us up a notch and, and give us and, and lead us out with something just moving and motivational. If you cry, it's podcast gold. So go ahead. Okay. I think that the marathon weekend is a wonderful experience. It's something I never would have thought that would be, become a part of what we do. But as Steve mentioned, it is a tradition from, from all the people that work, as he said. But 
the individual stories, the people that are watching, when you start, even when you're watching for your runner to come and you start talking to the people next to you and you see runners that pass that say, Dad, I'm running this for you. Or, you know, something that says, you know, with Deb and the Avon, you know, um, breast cancer awareness and, you know, all of that. It, it's just such a moving experience, and it's something that you don't just share with your family, which, you know, we have extended that uh, by bringing our children into the running experience, too. But but sharing it with your, your neighbors and with, with strangers on the monorail uh, and and such, it's just a wonderful experience. Right down to the to the um, to the very first half marathon that Steve ran, he came into um, Sunshine Seasons Court um, to meet us for lunch, and this little old lady comes up to him and, and looks at his Donald medal and says, "Oh, are you the winner?" And it was just like they're all winners, and it was it was it was just so moving to me. It's it's just a wonderful weekend, and. Um, I'm just really glad that it's part of our traditions now. I agree. And again, for those of you who are listening, the the purpose of, of this roundtable and the recap is not really to tell you our personal stories, but to use them as for illustrative purposes, that this can be you and, and we want you to kind of come out and experience what we have because you'll have stories of your own and memories of your own to share. And it's so enhances your Walt Disney World experience. It's not about rushing from ride to ride and this is so much demonstrative of how that's not what that Disney magic is all about. Things like this, the stories you have, the friends that you make from events like this and the memories that you carried forward really for a lifetime is what it's all about. So uh, thank you again all of you for joining me on the show for joining me over the weekend. I am so very proud of each and every one of you that ran, that cheered, that volunteered, that's listening and was there. Uh, you have so much to be proud of. So mo- story time with Mary Jo Collins, Disney daddy, Chuck Lionberger. We want the redhead with a broken leg. Dot blogspot.com. <laughs> co-host Lori Burke, Val and Steve, my friends, my family. Thank you again so much. And again, I can't tell you how proud I am. Of all you guys. Well, Thanks, Lou. We, yeah, we really appreciate Lou because you you also are are part of the the glue that that helps keep us all together and and you're you're part of the reason of why we run and why we do this. So, yes, it's great to have the personal success, but it's also great to run for a cause. And so, uh, I can speak for myself and, and and my family that it was a thrill for us to run for the Dream Team. Oh, thank you, and I look forward to seeing all of you many times before but definitely between January 6th and 9th, 2011, at the next Marathon Half Marathon Weekend. We'll be there. Good deal. Yeah. All righty. Mary Jo, I thought you were going to cry. I thought you were going to come through in a pinch. I did, sort of. <laughs> You're going to cry like I cry. Did you want us to cry, Lou? I actually would love, St- Steve, if you could cry, man, that would be I was 
It's time to announce the winner of last week's Walt Disney World Trivia Contest. As you recall, during the live broadcast from the Magic Kingdom, I asked those of you who were in the box and watching live via the website a trivia question and gave you guys a chance to win a prize. So I thought it only fair to give the people who are listening to the show a chance to win as well. So I asked you the exact same question that I asked the people in the box. And it was very simple. It was a single question, really with four parts. And the question was this. In Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom, there are only two attractions. And by attractions, I mean rides or shows, not restaurants and shops, that had corporate sponsors or were presented by a corporate sponsor. What were the two attractions and who were their sponsors? So there's your four parts. So the two attractions were Mickey's Philhar Magic and the TTA. Mickey's Philhar Magic is sponsored by longtime Disney sponsor Kodak. The TTA, what way people move her to you and me, is currently sponsored by Alamo. And so what I did was I took all the correct entries and all of you are very much up on your corporate sponsorships or checked your most recent Walt Disney World Magic Kingdom Park maps. And from there, I randomly drew a winner. And the winner will get not only all three audio guides to Walt Disney World on CD, but they had a chance to choose either one of the limited edition WDW Radio embroidered baseball hats or something from the mystery prize closet. Um, We have a few things in there. Last time, I gave away a $25 iTunes gift card. This time, who knows what the mystery prize might be. So, randomly drawing one name from all the correct entries. This week's winner is... From New York, Joe Grocia. And Joe, like pretty much everybody else who sent in their entries, asked for the mystery prize, along with the audio guides to Walt Disney World... So, Joe, your random mystery prize from the overflowing mystery prize closet is The Rocketeer on DVD. Hope you're not disappointed. If you want the baseball hat instead, let me know. I'll send that to you instead. But I will get your prize out right away. Thanks to everybody who played. Hope you guys enjoyed that and maybe learned something along the way as well. Stay tuned for another trivia contest or What's My Line or Name That Disney Tune contest coming very, very soon. Thanks again for playing. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks again to my guests, Lori Burke, Mary Jo Collins, Valerie and Steve Drew, and Chuck Lionberger. I'll put links to their websites and blogs if they have them in this week's show notes. Thanks again to everybody who I met and who joined us at the Meet of the Month and live broadcast last weekend at Marathon Weekend. We had a great time as we broadcasted for the very first time ever live video and chat from the Magic Kingdom. Had a great time. Thanks to all who came out brave the cold and were able to find us over at the expo hall once we moved venues we'll definitely do that again in the very near future stay tuned for more on that as well as the next wdw radio live broadcast don't forget that we're just about a year away from the wdw radio cruise aboard the all-new disney dream as we'll be taking off on february 27th 2011 on disney's newest 
biggest and most advanced ship. For more information, you can visit www.radiocruise.com. We have a great big group of people going. Categories are beginning to sell out. So for more information, for photos, videos, and a form where you can get a free, no-obligation quote, again, visit www.radiocruise.com. And to hear us talk about the cruise in detail some more, go back, check out show number 143. I promise in the next couple of weeks to get back to some of your emails and answer them on the show. Now, if you have a question that you want me to answer, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com. Or if you want to be heard on the air, call the toll-free voicemail line anytime at 888-703-2171. Questions, comments, love hearing from you right from Walt Disney World. Be sure and visit the website at wdwradio.com. There you can sign up for our free new newsletter that will be launching in the next week or two with lots of information, articles, links, exclusive offers, and so much more. Again, that's just the first of many new and exciting things that I've planned and that I've been working on for a long time. Can't wait to start revealing in the next few weeks and months. Definitely stay tuned. Come by the site for more, as well as new videos. I'll be releasing this and in future weeks. You can also come by, follow me on Twitter, join the WDW Radio Show fan page on Facebook, and of course, come and participate in our fun, friendly, and very welcoming forums over at WDWRadio.com. There you can also get my audio guides to Walt Disney World. Still have my holiday reduced price going on just because I'm still in the Christmas spirit. So I thought I'd keep it going a little bit longer. Individual downloads are just $5.99. CDs are $7.99. Buy all three and save $15.99 for all three. Main Street, Adventureland, and Fantasyland on download or $17.99 for CD. There you can also get signed copies of my Walt Disney World trivia books on sale as well. Look for the shop link at the top right hand at wdwradio.com. Issue 9 of Celebrations Magazine is at the printer, so should be showing up in your mailbox soon if you're a subscriber. If you want to subscribe, order back issues, or contribute a letter, article, photo, or your time and talents in a variety of different areas, come by and visit the website at celebrationspress.com. Thanks, as always, to my partners and sponsors, including MEI and Mouse Fan Travel, all-star vacation homes and dvc by resale links to all those sites again right on the homepage of wdwradio.com as always my friends if you like the show all i ask is that you please help spread the word let others know about it go review the show show over in itunes and once again thank you for taking the time and tuning in posting in the forums on the boards on facebook twitter everywhere else i really really do appreciate it So until next time, remember, always keep moving forward and have a great, great week, everybody. See ya. Hey, Lou, it's Heather and Judy from Maze. Just calling in a trip report, having a great time down here at Disney World on Marathon Weekend. Um, It's Tuesday, we're at the Magic Kingdom on the CTA. Not really enjoying the new spiel, but that's okay. We know things are going to be changing. And we took our time to compile, knowing this will be the last time we're going to be there before they start their refurb for our financial Anyway, thank you so much for your podcast and for your meet that you had on Saturday. It was great to see you. And thank you again. Bye. New Jersey. I wanted to add in on the special effects. Uh, one of my favorites is, is 
the whole Kilimanjaro Safari ride, how they did all the road in cement and to make it look like you know in mud and but it's all made in cement. How the whole how the how everything's set up for the animals to feed, but you don't see them feeding. I mean, just the way they did that whole thing is amazing. The whole thing is basically a special effect. And my other one is is it's not as elaborate in the haunted mansion as, as all the other ones, but just at the end when that you take the ghost home with you, there's just something about that every time me and the wife laugh about it. So, all right, Lou, happy New Year to you, and it was nice talking to you, and you do a wonderful show. Thank you, and have a good day. Hi, Lou, this is Kenny Johns. I just wanted to thank you for your congratulations of our daughter being born on your podcast number 152. Uh, it was come right out of the blue. I did not expect it. And here I'm listening to it at work, and uh, I just about dropped my <laughs> everything. And listening to hear you uh, congratulate it. Uh, you probably got it on Facebook, but wherever you got it, I muchly appreciate it. Mother and daughter are doing great. She is awesome. And, yes, she truly will be a Disney fan. Her room is already already princess, and she's only two weeks old. And uh, so uh, I, I feel very, very blessed. And, again, I appreciate it very much. For the thank you, and I appreciate. It. I, I have listened to you for, for two years. I've actually got every podcast you've got on my iPhone, and I love it. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Again, bye bye. Hi, this is Mary from Michigan, and I just listened to your webcast and about your favorite special effects, and I my favorite special effect is that they can show movies on water and fantastic. Thanks. Bye. Yes, you did Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, Lou. This is Lynn from Alabama. Just finished listening to uh, another wonderful Top Ten with Ten segment. My favorite segment of the show. Um, good job to both you and with Tim. And you were getting close to the end of your list, and I was thinking, I can't believe he didn't say the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. And then I was about to call and say, why didn't you say it? And you said it, and that was great. That's one of my favorite special effects, uh, that hallway with the, uh, the the family and the window that uh, floats towards you and then shatters into a million pieces. And so, uh, anyway, I just wanted to throw in my two cents. Love that special effect. Love the show. Great job. Hope everything's uh, going well for you and your family right now. Uh, later. Hey, this is Tim Stenzel from Marion, New York. I uh, I agree with Tim Foster. I think that the uh, Tower of Terror needs to have a chicken line. I uh, went on it uh, once back in 2004, and I got off, and I was shaking like crazy. I agree that the special effects were incredible, but that drop is murder, absolutely murder. Uh, this past time around, we were uh, the last year now, 2009, uh, around the end of August, I went on there. I met up with Brian Ripper from uh, All About the Mouse podcast. I do a segment on his show called The Main Street Cinema. Enough plugging. Um, and he met up with me when we were there, and he dragged me on the Tower of Terror, and he had that on his show uh, in the month of September sometime there uh, that he, he did that whole thing. He recorded the whole stinking thing, and I felt like such an idiot because I <laughs> I was scared. And he asked, he says, hey, you want to go again? I go, no, no, no I'm done. It's just it's a cool ride, but that drop is really killer. But anyways, I uh, just thought I'd chime in my two cents worth. Um, see you later. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is Valerie, your friend, assistant, and right-hand chick at WDWRadio.com. I would like to say 
Congratulations and thank you to all of the WDW Radio running team and pit crew, especially those who ordered tech shirts and wore them proudly throughout the weekend. I also want to thank everyone who came to and tuned into the WDW Radio Live meet. It was a real pleasure meeting all of you. Last, but certainly not least, I want to thank you, Lou, for putting together yet another groundbreaking event I have been lucky enough to be a part of. It makes me wonder what you are up to and what you might be working on next. Thank you all again, and see you in Disney World. Bye-bye.